Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I, I, I hate to open the shows like this, but I don't know what else to push. That is fitting. Yikes. Hey, it was 16 to 16, and then the coaches got their panties in a wad, and... Then, just, well, you, you, you kind of heard it. Not a very good night for the Kansas basketball Jayhawks who take loss number one of the season in Maui and really put the icing on the, the diarrhea cake that we've had of sports here in the last few days. Which, you know, whenever you root for the teams we root for, there's more good days than bad days. But really a sucky, sucky weekend slash early part of the week in sports to propel us into Turkey Day, which is the worst of the major holidays. This is Inside the Paint. How about that take? I'm Ryan Lander. I am Nick Timberlake's defense, which means that I shouldn't be here because I don't exist. And I am Parker Brown. Oh, gosh. I, 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 it's, it's already rough enough doing a podcast at 11.55 at night. Uh, but th- this is this is even worse. So you're going to get an abbreviated show today uh, because we're just going to talk KU Marquette. There's very little else to recap with other games. You don't really care now that Kansas has been eliminated from the championship side of the bracket in the Maui Invitational. And the Jayhawks' reward for that is they get to play another top 10 team to try to avoid losing back-to-back games. And that team has an even better defense than the one that they just played. If you, uh, if you look at the numbers... The best way to counter good defense is by making threes. Well, well, at least Kansas can do that in bunches. <laughs> Number four, Marquette, a lot. Number one, Kansas, fewer, because we are doing this in the second half of this game, and this game is over, yeah, but we don't know the final left. score yet. Yeah, it's uh, about a 10 to 15 point L for Kansas in uh, Honolulu, as this is the third consecutive try that they will not win their Feast Week tournament. They have not won since the last time they were in Maui, which was in 2019. They almost lost that one when they got Dayton and still survived in overtime. Now they go down to Marquette and the fighting Shaka Smarts. I guess let's start with that. Boy, Shaka Smart, little feisty little bastard today, huh? Yeah, he's one of the few coaches that has consistently beat Bill Self. And by consistently, I mean like more than one or two times because he yep. is one of the few men to do that. So Shaka got to Texas in 16. And I do not believe that he beat Kansas uh, until 19. Then he swept him in 21. So that's a record of three and nine, which is pretty good for a Big 12 coach against Bill Self. But then he gets one here, and he got one. The VCU one was infamous, obviously. So 5-9 and nine is Shaka uh, against Bill Self, and he's beaten him three times in a row. The Jayhawks haven't beaten Shaka Smart since the day before uh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I actually think wow. that, uh, that it may have been the day after. I think it was the day after because they uh, it was in right at the beginning of 2020. They played a real sleepy game with Texas at Allen Fieldhouse the day after winning the Super Bowl because nobody cared about basketball at that moment. And uh, yeah, how about that little little shouting match at half court or what was that? That's definitely not the most important thing from this game, but that's what I'm choosing to lead off with till I get final stats in front of me. How about that? Nick, what'd you make of the shenanigans and tomfoolery? Uh, between the coaches Uh, that was weird to me i didn't see how that happened it started with hunter dickinson flopping and uh then progressed into i don't know some some sort of altercation shaka smart has has always been a whiny loser um tonight you just happened to be a winner against bill self which kind of stinks but i mean yeah i I don't understand i don't understand it just go to go to your sidelines in the timeout i I didn't hear what happened but it seemed extracurricular for no reason I mean, Shaka Nick Timberlake and Bill... just got swatted into the first row. 
Not yeah, quite, yeah. but it was really embarrassing. That's uh, the way the game ends, folks, is Nick yeah. Timberlake getting swatted <laughs> in the paint. Which means Mark you get Kent a final sc- clock out. You get a final score now. Number four, Marquette, 73. Number one, Kansas, 59. Wouldn't be a Kansas loss without scoring less than 60. <laughs> and uh, it also wouldn't be a Kansas loss without your favorite and mine. Landon, you said that this was a very last year Kansas loss. And here's what last year Kansas losses looked like. 41% from the floor, 35% from three, 56% from the line, out-rebounded, and 18 turnovers. Yeah, and you had one and a half capable scorers, which is what last year's team struggled the most with. And then it was always Jalen Wilson, and then you'd get a little something out of someone else whether that's Grady Dick or Dewan Harris might put in a few or whoever it may be. And then after that, just nothing. And that's exactly what happened tonight. Kevin McCuller had a great night. He had 24 and eight. He did have six turnovers, but he was the only one actually doing much of anything. Uh, Hunter Dickinson gave you 13 and eight, which is pretty solid. And after that, no one had more than five. Um, So yeah, not, not good. Bad free throw shooting, bad three point shooting, bad overall shooting. Terrible with the ball in their hands. Lots of turnovers. Uh, Only 17 assists, which, to be fair, 17 assists on 22 baskets is still not that bad in and of itself. But, uh, yeah, a very lackluster offensive showing. And the reward now for Kansas is they're going to play another top 10 team in Tennessee, a team that it feels like we see them play every single year now. Uh, And that game's at 8.30 in the morning Hawaii time, which feels pretty gross. That seems like an appropriate punishment considering how this game went. Game's going to be, what is that, 1.30 or 12.30 or something like that here in Kansas? That's that's an early afternoon basketball game. Sounds sounds like ass, if we're being totally honest. I'm going to have is... that on while helping my mom make pies. Hey, you know what? Uh, hopefully your pies turn out better than... Uh, can, is, there a, is there a basketball is round like the, the... Don't let Nick Timberlake touch the pies, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Hey. There, yeah, because that was bad. Uh, All right, so immediate reaction on this game, because normally we have, you know, polished notes. We have detailed things we want to talk about. We don't have that today, Uh, so I'm going to hit you with this. Jayhawk players not named Kevin McCuller and Hunter Dickinson. Well, they scored, let's see, what is, uh, those two combined for 37. So everybody else had 21 points. Yeah, 22. Thank you. 22 points, 8 baskets. 8 baskets from players not named Dickinson and McCuller. Nick, we talked about this. KU's got a really, really good top half of the roster, but when those guys aren't having all-world performances, well, you get this? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it earlier tonight, but it's very apparent that you know Johnny Furphy and, and Nicholas Timberlake are two very important pieces to this team. Um, the depth is, has been a concern. It is a huge. It's, it is a bigger problem without Arterio Morris, and uh, yeah, it was just exacerbated. It's been exacerbated throughout the start of this season, um, and luckily Kansas has been able to to play t- uh, inferior opponents, but also get a lot from Hunter Dickinson, and that didn't really happen as much tonight. Dewan Harris was kind of a no show offensively, four points, um, and that. That is a result when you have you have you look at the stats and you Nick Timberlake has five points, Johnny Furphy has five, you know ten points between the two, um, with as big of an impact you need them to make and against a team like Marquette who is very quick and plays at a fast pace and was able to score in spurts tonight. Kansas was not able to answer that partly due to Nick Timberlake and Johnny Furphy and and just the turnovers. I know we'll get into that, but but wow, what a momentum killer offensively. Um, the amount of times they turn the ball over just just unforced errors so we've seen my my glass half full opinion on this is we've seen in the past kansas lose these around this time because their schedule is so brutal they almost never make it through even november unscathed at this point and this tournament doesn't matter i mean there's we're, we're gonna see four of the top seven teams in this final four so three of them are gonna take l's uh tennessee went down tomorrow somebody else in the top five is gonna go down so by no means it's the loss the problem. Kansas has a very good top four, and the the guys that are struggling to get going are the role players. I think that's okay. 
I think the role players will get it. We remember Kansas losing, blowing the big lead, losing to Dayton, a team that wasn't very good. That team wound up winning the national title a few months later once the role players got it going. And that, we had questions about the rotation. We had questions about David McCormick, who we knew was going to be a big piece for Kansas, not playing very well. We had questions about Remy Martin, who was a pivotal piece, wound up being the most important role player on that team. Was he going to get the looks? I think the problems for this team, while still being pretty apparent, are less damning than in previous years because they're role players. All you need are a couple of those guys to just be a little bit better. I don't think you're asking guys to be something they're not in order for this team to get where it wants to go. But I do think a little bit more by the game that this season and how far they go in the tournament is going to hinge on El Marco Jackson, Johnny Furphy, and Nick Timberlake finding somewhat of a groove. It's kind of like to, to the... Everybody in sports right now is talking about the Chiefs wide receivers after that debacle that we saw against the Eagles on Monday Night Football. You don't need them to be six Devontae Adamses out there, as fun as that would be. You just need them to not be a liability. Be okay, middle of the pack. If Timberlake, Furphy, and Jackson can get there, and there's no reason that a blue-chip five-star recruit, a guy that scored 17 a night back-to-back years at Towson, and a talented-as-hell 17-year-old, there's no reason you can't get competence from that group by mid-January. You have no reason to think that this team won't be fine. But are you guys losing faith through five games now? Timberlake has looked awful. Furphy has shown spurts, but has been inconsistent. And Jackson has been pretty underwhelming. Are you guys losing the faith a little bit? Uh, I am in a couple of the players. I am definitively in Nick Timberlake. He has been so, so not good. Uh, Furphy's just a weird wild card, and they're like, I, I don't know, just because he's so young, and, you know, he's, he's playing, you know, only, still his only first few games at this level, so I have no idea what he may become. Uh, El Marco Jackson, I think, is pretty clearly not a scorer. Uh, again, if theoretically, he shouldn't have to be, but he, uh, he also isn't. I don't think he's a guy you can rely on in any way to pick you up. If you're having an off-scoring night, I don't think he's a guy you can go to to get a random 10 or 12 on a night where you're struggling otherwise offensively. Uh, and I want to see more of Jamari McDowell. He did go 1 of 5, which is not great either. Uh, I still like the way he plays and kind of the way he fits in the offense. And Bill Self doesn't play him a ton. He did play him 10 minutes against Marquette. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 concerned because I don't see a, a lot of incredible dynamic play from these guys yet there's a lot of time to figure it out Marquette's a very good team uh but I think there are some real concerns about that group Nick what do you think yeah I, th- I don't I think it's a little early to push the panic button particularly with you know Nicholas Timberlake it's going to take some time for him to get adjusted from a you know team like Towson to Kansas we've, we've seen KU players in the past to take a little bit longer to just feel confident and start seeing shots fall um so I'm not uh, I, there is time to panic, but I, I am not on the Nicholas Timberlake is completely a lost cause. I don't think really anyone is, anyone is arguing that. There's just a lot of you know yeah, worry about be. him being a him being a dud. But I, I think a bigger concern might be Parker Brown. How bad he has, how bad he's been. I just don't think he's good at all. Nicholas Timberlake has shown that he's good. Parker Brown hasn't shown anything in his career. He wasn't good at Santa Clara. What makes you think he's gonna be good at Kansas? So you know that's that's just really unfortunate how little depth this team does. When you look at a team like Marquette, who has so much depth, and was really able to keep their speed um, and and pester Kansas the entire game, even when Kansas put had to put their subs in, um, who have been so less so 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 much worse than we thought they would be. Um, and yeah, this is just a result of you know you you can't expect sixty points from Hunter Dickinson. You know KJ Adams and Kevin McCuller every single night, and uh, it is it is like I said a little early in the season. A lot of things can get sorted out. Marquette's a very good team, um, but they they've got to find offense somewhere. Um, the defense has been pretty bad early to start this year as well. Um, so just a lot to work on. And obviously with with teams you know picking up a lot of transfers and freshmen, it, it does take time to gel. Um, and put the pieces all together, and obviously confidence in Bill Self. He always gets it done. Uh, but yeah, just a, an early season game that kind of exposed the warts that we saw in the Illinois exhibition um, and the Kentucky game where they had to come back. Uh, I, I I I don't think I think I don't think it's huge 
worry yet, but uh, definitely a disappointing loss tonight. Well, and th- so this game had a real defining moment, and it, it was always going to be about effort and intensity, especially whenever you're so far away from home and it's early in the season and you're playing a couple games in a couple days where the energy's starting to run out. But Kevin McCuller hit the three in front of the bench uh, to make it 33-28 to after Kansas had fell behind and then they pushed back. And that triggered the timeout by Marquette. And that was whenever Kevin McCuller was kind of popping off in front of the bench. Shaka Smart looked like he told him to, to shut the F up. And then the coaches got involved and Bill Self and Shaka Smart had a little had a little pissing contest. And at that moment right there, you knew, okay, tensions are high. Energy's high. Let's see what happens. Marquette responded. Kansas didn't score the rest of the half. That was the game. Closest it got the rest of the way after that was nine. Like, or I guess it was eight really quick in the second half. But then, I mean, it, Kansas was buried pretty quickly in the second half. Marquette, like the, 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 the cliche, they wanted it more, is a little bit old. But Marquette looked like a team that just flat out cared about this game more. The, the careless turnovers by Kansas. And, and this is what Marquette does. We talked about how good Kansas looked like, how they looked like they'd been playing together for a while. And I still think they do most times. But this was a team that is still coming into its own against a team that returned everybody from a very good season a year ago. And you saw how that continuity looked on Marquette early in the season. This was a good test for Kansas, and they didn't come close to passing it. Uh, because at that point, after the double technicals, they were outscored by a lot, and they were really never in the game. All right, just to get a couple guys out of the way here, Kevin McCuller was great, 24 points, 9 for 14 from the floor, made a couple threes, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, did not get a triple-double, and did have 6 turnovers, but nothing you can complain about there. Don't think there's much to analyze. Also love his trash-talking. It looked like that he and uh, Shaka Smart were laughing and smiling with each other in the post-game presser. Shaka's pretty happy when he wins and all. He blew by Bill Self pretty fast, but I think the only real beef in this game between anybody is between the two head coaches. And then there's also Hunter Dickinson, who had 13 points and 8 rebounds. Uh, came out of the gate hot, had 7-4 and four through the first 5 minutes, and then Marquette just shut him down. There really wasn't a whole lot to analyze with this. They used their speed, and they had a 6'11 NBA caliber big there that his athleticism challenged Dickinson. Some bad passes led to some uh, not-so-great moments there as well. And uh, overall, Dickinson was a non-factor the last however many minutes of the game. I don't think we have much to say about either one of these guys, right? They're both the two best players on the team. They both were the two best players tonight. They're going to be fine. We don't need to spend any time at midnight, our time, analyzing their games, right? No, both uh, were, uh, Dickinson gets shut down. McCuller was great. Uh, but yeah, n- nothing really that especially stands out. Not the problem they lost. Not the reason they lost, necessarily. All right, then let's move on to the two guards because this is this is turning into a legitimate problem here. Nicholas Timberlake had five points, uh, which was more than Almarco Jackson, which was more than Johnny Furphy. Actually, he's the same number as Johnny Furphy, but he was terrible. You saw the missed dunk. You saw the two missed free throws. You saw the wide-open missed layup that once that went out, that was really could have cut it to 11 uh, a little bit later. That was really the dagger. Uh, also had a shot blocked at the end. Just doesn't look like he is a power five caliber player at this point. Johnny Furphy did some really good things in the second half whenever Kansas was kind of treading water. Uh, didn't do a whole lot on offense. Five points, four rebounds. Made a late three. That took him from two to five, but he was the best of the three. El Marco Jackson, no points. Three assists, 0 for 4 from the floor. Started, couple turnovers, led to a couple more. Nick, where do you analyze these guys? None of them are where we need them to be at this point for Kansas to be as good as they want. Uh, but overall, uh, I... You just kind of take the floor and run with it with with these guys because I I don't know where to start. Yeah, I I, I don't really know if there's a, a straightforward answer at this point. They just haven't been good. They they can't haven't been able to score. You know that when Kansas has gone to the subs and Hunter Dickinson and Kevin McClure get rest, these guys are coming in and you just hope they can plug the gap a little bit. But they you know the defense hasn't been there either. Um, so I I. I I, I don't know how much more you just analyze it. That's just these these guys are off to a shaky start to start the season, all of them. And it's understandable for guys like Armel Marco Jackson and obviously Jamari McDowell. Those are two guys that are freshmen still learning what it's like to play college basketball. But I mean, Nick Timberlake's been doing this for a while. Different level of competition, I I think. But it, it's 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 unexplainable how poor his game has been, not just with threes. Like three-point shooting has always been and always will be a streaky 
uh, a streaky thing for even the best shooters at times, uh, especially when you're trying to get comfortable uh, and settled in in a new system. So that's that's not the lone concern. Many other concerns with Nick Timberlake is he's not a great defender. He doesn't really contribute uh, offensively outside of you know shooting the ball, uh, making plays for others. Just is kind of out there on the floor, similar to the Parker Brown, just out there on the floor and and not just not not a good not a good look for Kansas for the so- bench performance. So, Landon, uh, to bring up the Chiefs wide receiver example one more time, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling sucked, Sky Moore sucked, Kadarius Toney sucked, Justin Watson sucked. They were all bad. But Valdez-Scantling is the one everyone's talking about, right? He had the, the, the biggest, most consequential drop of the game, and he makes the most money, he's the veteran. Like, there's reasons why people are talking about him more, even though the sheer quantity of his game-impacting plays may not necessarily be the highest. I feel like we're kind of doing the same thing here with Timberlake. None of these guys have been very good, but Timberlake feels like the one that people are easily the harshest on. I don't know if it's because he's a fifth-year senior. I don't know if it's because he was thought to do the thing that Kansas needs the most right now, which is shooting. Uh, I, I don't know if that's... I don't know exactly what the reason is, but do you think that's kind of a fair comparison? He is the one that fans are the most taken aback by the fact that he hasn't been very good yeah I, I think that I think that is actually a pretty good comp because with McDowell and Furphy there was both kind of a um an expectation going into this year that even if those guys were good that it, it was there was there was a pretty reasonable amount of expectation that those guys would take at least time to actually get going to actually kind of figure it out um and and that's been the case um, Jackson, people similar just cause he's, he's a, you know, freshman, um, people did have some expectation for him and largely he's been very solid. He, this is easily his worst game of the season, but yeah, Timberlake is a guy that played and shot the ball really well at the college level, even at the power five level at the D one college level. Um, and we've seen those guys transfer other places and be good. And he has been very, not good in pretty much all facets. I think that's also the other thing, is that not only does he, I think, have the least excuse to be bad, uh, it's also been the most, like, comprehensive bad um, performances from Tamer. Like, he can't defend, uh, he's not shot well at all, uh, and pretty much he's done nothing else, um, particularly while he doesn't create, um, he's not in the right position a lot of the time, like, He's just a guy, he's just truly almost has done nothing well outside of that first game uh, where he had, he did have like, what, 13 points against NC Central or something like that. He was solid in that game. Otherwise, uh, it's almost literally been a nothing burger from him. One uh, for 12. Four more games. One for 12. It might be one for 11. I don't know which one it is. I think it's actually one for 11 from three is Nick Timberlake since game one. And the one make was a three in in the late moments of a game that they were just getting shredded in. They looked for his help against Kentucky, didn't get it. They looked for his help against... Uh, against uh, uh, Marquette, didn't get it when they need, when it really was was there. It's a guy that shot a combined six threes and then seven threes in each of the last two seasons per game, and made over forty percent of them. Like this was a really good three point shooter, and I still think it will happen. I'm not saying he's going to be the greatest player that's ever worn the crimson and blue. I do think that he'll get there. A lot of guys have started slow. Plenty of those guys have wound up being just fine. And this was just a brutal tournament, but but they obviously need him to get better. They are going to need him if they want to play well against Tennessee. I said at the beginning of the game on Twitter that this doesn't feel like a game Kansas wins if they get no shooting from Furphy and from Timberlake. And neither of those two made a three until they were down by 15 in the second half. So that explains your L. McDowell, it was perplexing how... He has been the most consistent in the least amount of minutes of any of the guys that's played the two this year, and he can't get on the floor in the first 16 minutes of the second half as he has three points. He made a three uh, in the first half, had a couple of assists. He was by no means spectacular, but he at least seems to, to stop the bleeding. I don't remember watching McDowell actively make things worse. I watched El Marco Jackson lose a ball out of bounds, then let one bounce off his hands and go out of bounds. I watched Timberlake miss every type of shot you can make. I don't know. We're not concerned about Jackson. Not really. He's just a freshman working things out. Tough matchup for him. 
Yeah, I think I, I I don't think I'm too worried about that. Nick, are you are you overly worried about Marco Jackson here? No, I I think I expected a little bit more from him to start the season, but I, I like I said, freshmen are going to be freshmen. It's going to take a little bit for him to get more comfortable. I think shooting for him is going to be an issue as well. Uh, but I have seen some promising things. At least if anyone's going to step up and 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 play the two guard well, it, I I feel more comfortable with him over Nick Timberlake right now. It felt like Marquette was just drowning Kansas in threes, and I look at the score and I see 24%. Like, they shot 60% on twos. A team with Hunter Dickinson should never get absolutely buried with points in the paint, but that's exactly what happened tonight. Dickinson 7-2, and he was nowhere near the best big in this game. That uh, that distinction would go to Oso Iguodaro, who looks like Trace Jackson Davis, kind of plays like Trace Jackson Davis, and just shredded yeah, Kansas. That guy's an him. NBA player for sure. Yep. 21-9 for him. Uh, the three-point shooting, they came out of the gates real hot uh, and then went cold. But, oh, boy, did they get a couple of them when they really had to have them, holding off a Kansas run in the very uh, last moments of the of the game actually being close. Enter Ben Gold. 6-11 from... these candidates in a minute. 6-11 from New Zealand and shooting 29% on threes in his career. And he steps up to the plate and knocks two out of two out of the park. And they were swishes, too. They were nothing yeah, they but were net pure. NBA range threes. And that was the final metaphorical knockout for Kansas. Only other guy we haven't talked about, aside from the, the human embodiment of a white flag, which is Parker Brown. You know, whenever he goes in the game, that Bill Self has just given up. Uh, but Dewan Harris played really poorly. Four points, three assists, two turnovers, just two for eight from the floor. Um, I'm not going to say Dewan Harris got exposed. I think Dewan Harris's lack of strength got exposed in this game. Marquette's got some pretty legit dudes in their, in their backcourt. Um, and he just looked a lot smaller and a lot weaker than these guys. We're not too concerned, I'm sure. He's allowed to have a bad game. But overall, uh, this was this was apparent that Marquette hits you with a lot of athleticism and a lot of speed with their guards. We talked about this would have been a nice game for Artario Morris's playing style if he was here. And instead, you get an unathletic Timberlake and inexperienced Furphy and Jackson out there. Then the point guard goes cold, and Hunter Dickinson gets taken away, and I'm not sure what other what other options they even had at that point. Yeah, Harris, I, I agree. Uh, he had an off night in general, but yeah, I think his his lack of strength and lack of athleticism um, definitely is a bad matchup against this Marquette team, who is very strong and very athletic in their backcourt. So yeah, a bad matchup, but yeah, I don't think that really means much of anything. I mean, what else really is there to talk about here? Um, KJ Adams had three points KJ, and three assists. He can't rebound the ball. That's also kind of a problem. Yeah, and, and that's another player where the lack of shooting, uh, and I know no one's ever expected KJ Adams to shoot the ball, but like when you just have another guy out there who isn't going to make shots, uh, that's a tough way to play against this kind of team uh, because that's uh, like you'll see it against West Virginia and, and KU teams that have beaten West Virginia and played well against them largely have been able to make shots um, because that's a way that you can break the press is you get down the floor quickly, you break that press quickly, you get the ball to the wing or to the corner, and you make shots, or you just go for dunks. Um, and to add Marquette on to was, that example, yeah. West Virginia never has a four or a five that can make threes. How many times have we seen that 2018 Kansas team that started a guy like Sfee Mikhailuk as their four next to Doak, essentially, well, he, I know that Svee was a three, but by all by all measures, you have Vic and Svee playing the three and the four who can make threes against the West Virginia front courts of Derek Culver, uh, Sagaba Kanate, uh, Oscar Shibwe, all very good rebounders and shot blockers, but what happened? Kansas sped them up, and they stretched the floor. Those guys couldn't keep up. They were matching twos with threes, and we've seen that happen. I think that's a good comp. But other than that, um, not a lot more to analyze here with the KU box score. I mean, Nick, do you think that this that this loss um, is a harbinger of things to come for the Jayhawks? Do you think it's a one-off? Do you think it's somewhere in the middle? I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think there is room to be concerned about this team. You know, depth is we knew was going to be an issue. It was just exposed and put in the forefront. 
And I was more, what I've come away from this game, a little bit more worried about than I did coming into this game was that KU's with offense has had its worth at times, but how they were able to be so disrupted by Marquette's defense tonight and really just not be able to match their athleticism was a little bit of a shock to me. I know that that Marquette liked to run it a little bit more than KU. This isn't the fastest Kansas team that's ever hit the floor. But they were really just broke, broken apart um, by Marquette's defense. And then tra- in transition, it seemed like you know KU was, was very rushed towards the end of the game trying to get sets going. And uh, Marquette's defense really challenged a lot of that, deflected a lot of balls. I haven't seen a defense that active against KU in a while. Um, and then uh, uh, KU similarly on the offensive end, just like I said, could not find ways to, to get the ball moving. It was it was sticking the entire game. Um, so that is a little bit of a concern. You know, shots are eventually going to fall, but how can you get those looks? They didn't get very many good looks in this game. That's why they only scored. Uh, that's why they scored less than sixty points. So uh, I think I, I think that's my biggest takeaway is that it's very concerning. Um, the offense really isn't opening up yet, but I trust Bill Self that the sets that he's running and uh, the guys that are in this cast, you know, Nicholas Timberlake, shooters are shooters. He's going to get to where he needs to be, I think. Um, you got to worry about the rest of it, though. Parker Brown, big liability when Hunter Dickens is not, not in the game. And again, it's all going to come down to the success of this team this season is going to come down to can they get production outside of Hunter Dickens and Kevin McCuller. Tonight, they, like Land Ryan said, they did not pass that test. There's going to be times this season they aren't going to pass that test. The depth just isn't there. But can they weather the storm and find guys who do step up in the meantime? That's to be determined. They played a really good team tonight, though. You can't take away too much more than that. It's a November basketball game. I know KU fans on Twitter are probably going to say, oh, man, they lost by 14. Um, Don't overthink it. Seriously, don't overthink the games this early. Um, we saw something similar, you know, in the the, the pr- uh, November tournament against Gonzaga a few years ago, where they got exposed. Um, so th- this is what you expect, you know, Marquette. Particularly, I think what really benefited Marquette in this game is that they did run fast and they were able to disrupt Kansas, and especially in a, a very young college basketball season, just having that strength over a team is a, a really controllable factor in a game. So that's well, my takeaways. I, I I think it's easy to I think it's easy to look at the box score and say yeah KU got their caught with their pants down. Um, I I don't I'm not looking too much into this game though. What well, say? KU KU fans can make fun of Shaka and he is a dork um, and he's he's easy to dislike. But his style has been pretty effective against Kansas. Even in games where Kansas has beaten his teams, they've still succumbed to a lot of turnovers. We thought that this game, when Landon and I said it on last night's podcast, we thought that this game was going to come down to a clash of styles. And in the first few minutes, Kansas had some success. Whenever it wasn't an up-and-down-the-floor track meet, they established Hunter Dickinson, and they were right there. It was tight. And then after that, whenever Marquette was able to eliminate Dickinson from being a touch-the-ball-on-every-possession sort of guy with their sped-up offense and their defense that started forcing turnovers before Kansas could get the ball down to the big guy... Well, that's whenever Marquette started dictating control of the pace. And Kansas is just not going to win those type of games with their current makeup. I think this was about as bad of a matchup as you could possibly have for Kansas. A really experienced team that plays lightning fast and forces a lot of turnovers. Uh, And Kansas is going to use their style against a lot of teams to a point where it's going to frustrate them with wear them down, use Dickinson. That's what they did to Kentucky down the stretch. They really implemented their style in that game, and they ultimately won. No, I don't think this opens up a lot of eyes. I think they got beat by a team that is one win away from being the number one team in the country for good reason. But I do think that you're looking at a matchup that's going to be the most challenging type of matchup for Kansas this year. A team that is athletic, a team that is fast, and a team that forces turnovers because Dickinson, whenever he has the ball in his hand, is going to be pretty reliable. If you can cut the head off the dragon and block a lot and prevent a lot of those uh, outlet passes, well, then you're banking on the arsenal of shooters, in quotes, to beat you. That's not going to happen at this stage in the season, I guess, Landon. That's, that's probably a fair way to word it. Yeah, I think I think that is pretty fair. Um, ideally for Kansas, you could survive a night where Dickinson gives you a still for most big men a perfectly solid uh, outing with thirteen and eight. 
uh, for Hunter Dickinson. That is certainly under what we've already come to expect of him. Um, but yeah, the depth on this team is, is you know, is, is the biggest concern. I think there are real concerns there. Uh, I don't think this affects, like, the idea that Kansas is still a very, very good team and has a national title in them, potentially. I think they definitely do. Um, but I do think this is the kind of game you look at and, like, yep, if Kansas, uh, is gonna lose in the tournament, that's how, right there. That's how they're gonna lose. And I think that makes a lot of sense. That doesn't mean they're going to. I think they have all the time in the world to figure some of this out. Maybe they very well will. Um, but not, not a great look. Definitely not a great look. Um... Very odd to see them look borderline kind of surprised by the pace and speed and pressure of Marquette, even when that's Shaka's whole deal. I don't really know what was going on there. Very odd to see that. Um, uh, but it's a learning thing. You know, you take a loss like this in, in Maui, a tournament you would have liked to win, but ultimately does not mean anything in the course of your total season. So I think a good learning experience. Uh, I don't think they're going to be caught off guard like that again. Um, hopefully those get more scoring next time. Uh, here's a funny stat that I just decided to look up, and this is wild. So Devin Booker has been playing in the NBA for eight years. He has 13,000 points. He's made over 4,500 shots. He is less than two years older than Nicholas Timberlake. They are 20 months <laughs> apart. And Devin wow. Booker is in his eighth season as an NBA player. Wow. Wow. How long, uh, if, if they played one-on-one -on -one and Devin Booker got to 100, how many would Timberlake get to? Five? <laughs> Zero? Hey, he had five today, so, you know. Is one Devin Booker roughly equal to Marquette? <laughs> uh, in one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, I think so. Ugh, gross. Final numbers for Kansas. They are quite ugly. As I clicked off of them, I'm sure you're sad. 41% from the floor, 35% from three, 56% from the floor, minus three on the glass, and minus six in turnovers. And they also had, well, they had a dust up and responded by scoring no points the rest of the half. So chalk one up on the other side of the, they always get fired up about Bill. Yeah. Okay, great. Other games. Well, there really isn't very much because... Landon and I were just here last night. We could talk a little bit about Maui as the other semifinal was very close, much closer than the one that our favorite team was in. Number two, Purdue, puts together yet another comeback. They take down number seven, Tennessee, 71-67 to in a game that took way too damn long. 51 fouls were called in this game and a total of an impossible, incredible 78 free throws were shot in a game that was... 40 minutes. Oh, don't you think that the officials and their blindness couldn't find their way to Hawaii? They sure did. Wow, what an incompetent group of fools. I can't believe that this is what college basketball has become. Purdue shot 48 free throws. Well, at least I won't have to watch Foster Lawyer score 48 points against Kansas. Yeah, he scored 27 in this one. He was almost there. Purdue was down at halftime. Zach Eady was good, but Foster Lawyer was the uh, was the key. He scored 27 points for the Boilermakers. The Jayhawks will play a Tennessee team that shot just 33% from the floor. Hey, this is going to be a, the best 55 to 53rd place game <laughs> our eyeballs have ever seen. They seems like they play Tennessee every single time, but we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, just a, yeah. And Kansas screwed it up. We, we were all set to watch Dickinson and Edie go head to head. And all they had to do was not do that. And they did. Yeah, I do think that 55-50 game is going to be like having the best COVID case I've ever had. <laughs> and uh, hey, guys, you know what? Um, so all these fun games are going on. We had multiple top 10 showdowns today. The Blue Devils of Duke, they did not play in a Thanksgiving week tournament that you may have heard of, but it's a pretty big one. It's got a lot of marquee in it. It's called the Blue Devil Challenge, and it takes place at Cameron Indoor Stadium. They played wow, LaSalle today. Amazing. Yeah, they played LaSalle and actually handed them their first loss, and then they will continue the Blue Devil Challenge on Black Friday when they play a 1-4 Southern Indiana team also at Cameron Indoor. <laughs> Man, really just a gauntlet. That's, that's what they do. 
Other Maui scorers, number 11, Gonzaga, beat Syracuse by 19. Uh, they clearly were the best team in the losers' half of the bracket. Uh, they are going to play for fifth place tomorrow against UCLA, who predictably ran Chaminade out of the gym. I think it was 26-4 to at one point, uh, and they wound up winning by about what Kansas beat them by, by 28. Chaminade uh, is going to play Syracuse and probably will lose there for last place. The Maui tournament, I feel like, has gone... If Kansas had beat Marquette, I think every single piece of it would have pretty much gone exactly how you thought it was going to go. Gonzaga loses to Purdue, but rolls through their loser's bracket. And uh, Tennessee loses, and Kansas and Purdue being the final two. Like, Kansas's Everything was exactly what we thought all the way up until Kansas. Yeah, I think the Kansas-Marquette uh, result is the only surprising result at this point. There's only one top 25 team to lose that did not play in the Maui tournament today, and it is number 18 Colorado. The Fighting Dions went down at home to Florida State 77 to 71. Uh, that was uh, in what's called the Sunshine Slam. Is the Sunshine Slam event closer to being the best named or the worst named event ever? Worst. <laughs> yeah, I think it is closer to worst. So you guys think it's ass all right i got it rank teams to lose since the last show oh no oh i don't want to start with this one but i think we have to because the highest ranked team to lose since the last show damn it bill number one kansas got whitewashed by marquette uh number seven tennessee they lose by four to purdue in number 18, Colorado, they lose to Florida State. Look at us. No notes and everything. Still got it in order. Folks, they say that you can't do things this well improvised. Well, the three of us at Inside the Pain have never seen a challenge that we didn't like taking on. We are unstoppable. We are Tyler Kolek. Uh, <laughs> the, who's the white dude that made the threes? Ben Gold. Ben something. Ben yeah, Gold. Ben Gold. And uh, and the big ridiculous center. That's the three of us right now. We are just just call us uh, Ryan Kolick, Nicholas Gold, ben and Gold Landon Igadaro. Landon, Landon could be his brother. <laughs> All right. Well, Landon could also make threes against the Jaybirds. That's too bad. Yuck. Anything good in the Big Twelve happen? It's twelve thirty-five in the morning, and I'm over here being like, hmm, did West Virginia lose today? Let's see. Uh, TCU beat TCU beat Alcorn <laughs> State by a lot. Oh, hey. Ernest Uday almost quadrupled his season average in points by scoring four. <laughs> well, that would have been more than Parker Brown scored. Oh, my damn God. I am just realizing we have to watch another Santiago Vescovi, Kansas game. You have yep. to be freaking kidding me. How is this nope, possible? It He's going to do bad things. <laughs> I'm going to do bad things to myself by watching that happen. <laughs> Damn it, Bill! I mean, I can just see it coming from here. Uh, what is... Okay, Kansas-Tennessee 2022. They played in the Atlantis final last year. Kansas scored a nice crisp 50 points that day, by the way. Um, Santonio Vescovi went for a Tennessee high 20 points, including five threes. Get ready, Kansas. It's, it's, it's coming again. <laughs> Ask Rock Chalk blog. Just kidding. We don't have any questions, so I'll just ask you guys a nonsense one. How many times would the five of us lose if we played an average girls high school team ten times? How many? How many? What would we average? You cut out for like one word. How many losses we play an oh. ten average high school girl teams? One. No, the answer is all of them. We lose At them all. At, At least, least eight. eight. How are you think we're beating two fifty percentile women's high school teams? Yes, Pro probably not, but there's a chance. No, I tell you what would happen. Landon Timberlake and Nicholas Furphy would go out there, and we would make absolutely nothing the whole night. We have a better chance of getting held under ten points than we do of beating an average high school girls team. I think we'd score 10. <laughs> I I hope. Is that what you say about Timberlake now? I mean, I think he might score 10 at some point. <laughs> I do not think Nick Timberlake will score 10 all season. 
Really? The rest of the season. Really? Really? I, I bet he scores 10 in one of the next complete, three games. Complete uh, lost cause. Hot dog water. Oh, that's sad. I hope not. I hope I'm really wrong. That'd be good. But uh, I think I think he's just that bad, maybe. You think Nick Timberlake will not score 10 points in any game the rest of the season? <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, I think there's wrong. a good chance he doesn't. All right, you want to hear my uh, you want to hear my call here? Nick Timberlake will score double digit points seven times the rest of the year, and that is more That's likely crazy. than doing it zero times. He already had one, he, one every four games. That's about seven a year. Yeah, but he's been worse since the first game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he didn't do it against Shamanod, that's that seems overreactionary as hell. Okay, Landon, what has a higher chance of happening the rest of the season? Kevin McCuller gets another triple-double, or Nick Timberlake scores 15 points in a game? Um, Nick Timberlake scores 15 is more likely. Okay, what is more likely, Nick Timberlake scoring uh, over 10 points in five games or Landon going on a date? I knew that was coming. I could the, see that. The, second, the first one. Could, the first one's way more likely. <laughs> I could see that uh, coming up. Well, I'm really, really sorry. Oh, darn it. How is there no bye-bye-bye drop on this freaking soundboard that is bye, huge? Bye-bye-bye. All I want... There's one called Donald Trump as POTUS? Question mark. When I looked up bye-bye-bye. I am officially running... That's a drop. Are you kidding me? But I can't get the the bye 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 thing. Wow, that's that's booty cheeks. All right, Landon. I, I am officially right. running. Is what Nick Timberlake's gonna say after practice next week? <laughs> 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 that's okay. That's pretty it's funny. Pretty good. I mean, it's midnight and we're just screwing around here. Uh, so what you're saying is whenever. Uh, Nick Timberlake sees a somewhat athletic player that he has to guard. He says, I am officially running. And then they lose. <laughs> That's also very good. How is there no in-sync drops? Just, uh, that, that, just time, to, time to Google in-sync songs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's so, so great. I love that in my ears. Pop, pop is one, something that... Um, Nick Timberlake will never hear the net do. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Is there a basketball swish sound effect? Let's see here. Okay, that's definitely not what that is. Swish, swish, swish. Nope, that's... I, okay, this soundboard <laughs> absolutely... <laughs> this, this absolutely sucks. It makes me ill is how I feel about watching Nick Timberlake play. <laughs> that's why no strings attached like, is, that, is that in sync? I have no idea my early 2000s knowledge is, is zero would you rather yeah, that's... watch Nick Timberlake play or Marcus Garrett? Marcus Garrett oh, oh my gosh oh what a great Landon question Landon you're lying <laughs> that's not true I don't know I wouldn't want Marcus Garrett to lead my team but at least he could score and play defense what if you were watching Marcus five Marcus Garrett play five Nicholas Timberlake? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would do anything else. First to ten Literally wins. Anything else? <laughs> oh no, the the Nick Timberlake team is never scoring a single point against five Marcus Garretts. Like I know Marcus Garrett wasn't our favorite player, but Marcus Garrett, you could tie a hand behind his back and he would hold Nick Timberlake without points. Oh yeah, there's no way. No way. That would who would that would be an easy. Who would win in a 1v1? Dewan Harris or Marcus Garrett? Oh, that's uh, Probably Garrett good. just because of size. I think I think Garrett, his defensive ability, Harris would have a very t difficult time scoring. Yeah, Garrett. Uh, Harris feels like the sort of player that would really, really be locked in handcuffs with Garrett defending him. Garrett's bigger, Garrett's taller, and we saw yeah. Garrett put the clamps on people twice to one Harris' size. But I, I, would I would rather have Harris on my team. Yes. And if you have any uh, Ask RCBs, use the <laughs> X hashtag and navigate through all the bots that I have to deal with on a regular basis. Let's see if I can find a, a robot response. So I tweeted, the Jayhawks lose 73 to 59, whatever. And I have, uh, no, oh, nope. The, normally the show more responses, uh, the ones that it hides, the people that are uh, that are not saying very nice things, normally those are the bots 
But today it was just somebody talking about how Shaka Smart is an effity effing piece of. <laughs> okay, we do have one question from at Cam Lipbolt Golf. Ask RCB, could a team of Tyon Grant Fosters mount a better comeback than what the Jayhawks just ra rallied? Uh, they would have no. to because they would have been down by a lot more. Yes. Yep. What school is Ty and Grant Foster playing for now? Is he still at, like... Grand Canyon. That's right. Grand Canyon University. Do you think Ty and Grant Foster could make a... Shoot a basketball in the Grand Canyon? Uh, I would hope. He could well, in the one year for that Grand he... Canyon, yes. Yeah, not that one year. Tyon Grant Foster is averaging 21 points per game through four games. He just wow. had a 28-point game the other night against Gonzaga's vaunted opponent of death, San Francisco. So I definitely think that Tyon Grant Foster would be the sixth man on this team, as sad as that is to say. Wow. That's probably true. Like, I would, how fast would you trade Nick Timberlake? I mean, you would be telling him... Oh, really? Okay. That's what you would say to Nick Timberlake if you could trade him for Tyon Grant Foster right now. Uh, consider... Well, but I don't know if I would, though, because I watched Tyon Grant Foster suck at Kansas uh, before, <laughs> and I've also... I know Nick Timberlake has been good at a group of, or at a, a mid-major school, so it's basically the same, probably. As bad as Tyon Grant, as Nick Timberlake has been this year, he made more threes in game one as a Jayhawk. Uh, as many threes in his first game that Tyon Grant Foster made all season. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, for real. Ask RCB's Twitter hashtag, X hashtag, tell Elon Musk to get rid of the bots. All right, we do get a preview of a game, but it's not the one we wanted, unfortunately, because it is instead number seven, Tennessee, against number one, Kansas, in a game that will take place at 1.30 p.m. It is for third place. Bronze medals for everybody. Super excited to watch this showdown <coughs> between the Tennessee Volunteers, who are 4-1. and one. They took their first L today, just like Kansas did. They lost to Purdue. Kansas losing to Marquette. Uh, your thoughts on this game? We see this game every year, and it's always gross. Yeah, it's probably going to be gross again. Uh, Tennessee led by Santiago Viscovi, who against Purdue scored eight points on zero made shots. Awesome. Eight for ten from the free throw line. That yeah. I, I don't know if I've seen that, actually. That's pretty weird. Tennessee's best player is a white guy that's by the name of Dalton Necht. He is from Colorado, and he, I believe, is a transfer from one of those schools. Yeah, he transferred from northern Colorado. Uh, see, he was a guy that averaged a good chunk of points at a smaller school and then transferred to a Power 5 team and is doing well, unlike the one the Jayhawks got. Because this guy is averaging 39% on his three-pointers and 19 points per game. He is their wing, 6'6". So that is, uh, yeesh, good luck with that. They got a couple white guys of the games. Boy, some of the names, I know Kansas has played Tennessee a lot, but I swear Josiah Jordan-James has been there for 100 years, yeah, just like Santiago Ziegler. Yeah, they, we, we've seen these guys uh, over and over and over again. It's, and the names on this Tennessee team are pretty elite. You got Necht, Meshack, Viscovi, Josiah Jordan-James, J.P. Estrella is a really good name, and Zakai Ziegler. And Tennessee, much like Marquette, they force a lot of turnovers. We saw them turn Gonzaga over a lot. We saw Purdue struggle to take the ball or to control the ball for most of their game today against them. Like, Tennessee forces takeaways. Not great, considering we just saw the Jayhawks have 18. The Vols are a much better defensive team, as always, than they are offensive team. They are top 15 nationally in points allowed per game this year. Small sample size, but still, they especially have very good interior defense. Kansas obviously wants to play through the post, so that's going to be, you know, something that uh, that's worth monitoring. Don't expect a high-scoring, beautiful basketball game. It's probably not happening, even though the uniforms that Tennessee's been wearing are pretty good. Yeah, uh, Nick, what are your what's what's your what's your thought here on this game? Do you think the Jayhawks can get out of here with a win? Anything you're looking for? Yeah, I think Kansas is is probably going to win this game. I think that the matchup favors them a little bit more than a, a game against Marquette, mainly because Tennessee is not as good offensively. I think that bodes well for Kansas. The game is going to be at a slower pace. I think KU going through Hunter Dickinson is going to be a little bit 
uh, have, have a little bit more of an opportunity instead of you know running back and forth in transition. Um, I, I don't think that the athleticism, I think it's there for Tennessee, but to the extent that it was in the Marquette game, I don't think they're going to be as pestered as much trying to get the ball across midcourt. I think it'll be a little bit easier, especially with this, the size differences. Um, but I, I think this matchup does bode well for Kansas. I'm going to be interested to see those matchups, particularly, you know, Sky Ziegler against Dewan Harris. I think that should be a good uh, good, good matchup to see if Dewan Harris can do a good job of controlling him. Um, but overall, I think KU is going to win this game um, due to that presence of Hunter Dickinson. I don't think they dropped two in a row here in, in this circumstance. Um, yeah, I think KU, KU pulls one out and gets third place in the tournament. So Kansas, uh, they're four and three against Tennessee all time, but they've lost their last two. They got blown out by Tennessee in each of the last two times that they've played them. One of them in Knoxville during the COVID year, during Kansas's like seven out of eleven streak where they lost those games, uh, and then they got trashed pretty good in a tournament last year in Atlantis that ruined their six and zero start. That was their only loss in their first, I think, 17 games. It was their only loss till they lost that overtime game to K-State in mid-January last year. Uh, so Rick Barnes has had Bill Self's number a little bit. But overall, I agree with Nick. I don't think Kansas is losing two in a row. I think Marquette was a brutal matchup. I think Tennessee's more their style. And I think Kansas is the best version of this style that exists in college basketball. I'm betting on DeJuan Harris and Hunter Dickinson to bounce back a little bit. I think Kansas will protect the ball better. And I think that this is a little bit more in their element. Whenever the game's slower, it usually comes down to who's got the best big guy on the floor. The answer for that is Kansas. Protect the basketball, and I think they're just fine. Jayhawks a little bit wider margin than some people think. They win 76-63. to 63. Uh, I'm halfway tempted to pick Tennessee, but Hunter Dickinson pulls me back in the other direction. So I'll, I'll say Kansas does not lose two in a row, um, even though I, I do think Tennessee's going to give them a game. Uh, but I think Dickinson has a much better matchup here. Um, so I'll take Kansas to win 64-58. to 58. All right, so we're all going with Kansas, which went very well last time for us. Uh, we have uh, we have nine other games to pick, actually. This is a fun... The, the good part about being in the Maui tournament is you get your games over with before Thanksgiving, and then you can enjoy some of the other tournaments in the later half of Thanksgiving week. So we begin with the championship game of this tournament. Number two, Purdue, versus number four, Marquette. Uh, for all the marbles at 4 o'clock on ESPN... Probably the winner of this game is number one in the country in the next AP poll, I would think, right? Purdue for sure, and and Marquette probably leaps to one if they beat one and two in back-to-back days, I would think. Uh, Give me the Golden Eagles. Wow. I think Purdue wins. Man, this this is close. Yeah, I think Purdue wins too. I, I picked against Purdue twice, but I think they win this. I think Marquette comes down a little bit from the high. Great showdown between two teams that are returning just about everybody, but ultimately I'm going to go with the team that has the best player, and that is the Boilermakers. Very, very fun tournament to follow, though, from beginning to end. This will be a good finale. Number 11, Gonzaga versus number nothing, UCLA in fifth place. Winner gets fifth place. Game's at 11 at night. Yuck. At least they're two West Coast teams. Give me the Zags. Give me the Bruins. Gonzaga. And then Chaminade and Syracuse play for seventh place in the later half of the night. I think we all probably want the orange here, right? Yeah. Uh, Syracuse is is bad, but yeah, they're playing Chaminade, so, yep. Fighting Kyle Cuffs. Also, did you guys see Bobby Pettiford's three-quarter shot game winner tonight? I did. That was amazing. Good for him. Yeah. East Carolina was down uh, in the closing seconds, and Bobby Pettiford launched about a 50-foot game-winning three as the Buccaneers beat, I don't even know who they beat. It was it was really not important, but they, they had a nice buzzer beater. Good job, Bobby. Happy for you. That's national champion Bobby Pettiford to you. All right, let's pick the battle for Atlantis set of quarterfinals here. Number 14, North Carolina taking on Northern Iowa. Feels like UNC always trips up early in these tournaments, but I think they win this first game. Yeah, yeah I agree. Villanova against Texas Tech. I will take the Wildcats, not feeling the... Uh, Grant McCaslin-led Red Raiders just yet. Uh, yeah, Nova. Close, though. Give me Texas Tech. All right, I like it. Uh, Michigan against Memphis. Don't act like you know anything about these teams. I will take Memphis. Yeah, I was going to take them as well. 
Uh, yeah, sure. Number 20, Arkansas against Stanford. I think Jared Haas is on his way out, and they lose to the fighting Eric Musselmans. Yep. Yeah. NIT tip-off game, number 13, Baylor and our old friend Scott Drew taking on Oregon State. Do the Bears win? Yes. They do. Yeah, I agree. And then probably the sexiest matchup of the back half of Thanksgiving week here, number three, Arizona versus number 21, Michigan State, and the Akrasher Classic. I don't know why they decided to call it that, but they did. Probably a sponsor. Uh, three o'clock on Thanksgiving. Here is my upset call. I will take the Spartans. I like their makeup. I think they get it going. They have to win one of these games eventually. Why not this one? They do not have to win one of these games, and they will not. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona's going to win. When do we want to do a show next? I guess it depends on how good the game is, right? Yeah, if the game's uh, epic, we could go sometime tomorrow. If not, uh, we could we could wait a little bit and wait for some of these other tournaments to have a few games happen and maybe ramp up and see what happens. Sounds good, because Kansas gets almost a week off after this. They play uh, Eastern Illinois after this, so not a whole lot of reason to need to recover for them. But uh, at the same time, they will have a while off. You'll get a show probably sometime over the weekend, if I'm guessing it'll launch. Uh, and that that will be that. Good, good job, guys. Back-to-back late-night shows. We did it, team. We pulled through uh, for the three games in three days. Much like Ben Gold, I have connected back-to-back times. That's not true. <laughs> Yesterday's show was really bad for me, I thought. Tonight, a little better. That, t- despite the fact that the game was much, much worse. Uh, this is Inside yeah. the Pain on Rock Chalk Vlog. I'm Ryan Landreth. I am Ben Gold's second minute three-pointer. Uh. <laughs> I am Ben Gold. <laughs> I feel like Nick should have to sign off as, and I'm Nick Timberlake, until Nick Timberlake scores 15. Okay, I'm, I'm Nick Timberlake. Oh, gosh, you're fired, Nick Timberlake. Get off my podcast. We'll be back. You don't well, have really to tell me twice. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, Hawaii. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.